You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. What's up? And welcome back once again to the Area 52 podcast. Thank you for joining us once again here deep underground at the secretive Area 52 recording facilities. I am joined once again by the full crew. We all made it past security. Uh, <laughs> Marty, Danny, right here, right here. and <laughs> Melissa. Hello. For a, for a second week in a row. Oh, I'm so glad. We are lucky. Yeah, Yay. this is actually, we are recording this on All Hallows' Eve. Ooh. Right, is that what this is? Or is, or is, is Halloween Hallow, All Hallows' Eve? And I don't know the, this is the, well, the correct date. Halloween Eve. So it's October 30th. How about right. that? So this will, this will <laughs> probably be out on Halloween. So um, we wanted to get into, uh, you know, a story that was suitable and fitting for the holiday uh, that we are celebrating. But I also kind of wanted to just talk to you guys about Halloween. We've all kind of been dressing up. Danny and I have, have, have had done some it. great costumes. We've, we've done a few. I love your pictures. We, yeah. did, we did a few costumes this you year. You guys are rocking the couple's costumes, too. They're really great. <laughs> Thank we, you. We did, uh, we did Cheech and Chong. That yes. was my favorite, for sure. Which was, so I, cool. her, her, her Cheech was so good. <laughs> it was so good. Um, the mustache, like everything. Yeah, everything was so good. Like I told you, it was a little weird having a mustache and... A, a chest at the same like oh, don't I know it. Same time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know about that. Um, but also, uh, and then we also did scary clowns. We did mm, scary, mm. scary creepy. A little clowns. too scary, I think. Yeah, and then, I like so, and then you and Guy did Devo. Really yeah, me, oh, yeah, me and Guy did Devo on Devo stage was at cute. our shows this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, have you dressed up yet? Have you gone out and dressed up? Oh, Are you the dressing only thing up? I was at a party. I was Grumpy Bear. <laughs> Grumpy bear from the Care Bears. Oh, were you in like a full furry outfit and everything? No, I wasn't in a furry. I was in like one of the cheap knockoff costumes. Oh, but nice. But the only thing that was fun about it was I was I was actually really cranky that day anyway, so I started talking about myself in third person the whole time. I was like, Grumpy Bear has to be up in the Grumpy Morning. <laughs> grumpy Bear has a Grumpy Mortgage. <laughs> so it just started becoming so more just, just a way to a thing bitch about your problems to strangers Grumpy at a party. Bear getting way too drunk technique. and being angry, so Aww. that was fun. Well, there's it's only a few drinks from from Grumpy Bear to <laughs> belligerent bear. Yeah, bel- <laughs> well, I'm calling the police. I got bear. a belligerent bear really quick. Real yeah, fast, calling the police bear. Zero to a hundred, real quick. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's also been a few little stories in the uh, in the news um, that are breaking, so we don't really have a lot of details on them. Um, but there are some things. Uh, the Weinstein scandal, which kind of was. Um, all over the news the last few weeks has given way to other things. Corey Feldman oh, so um, has creepy, now he has now said he is on a mission to expose the pedophile ring that exists mm-hmm. within Hollywood. He says he has a plan. A plan. Yeah. So he's on the he's on the. But the he case. wants to be. He wants to do it well, and that's kind of his whole thing. That's right. why he says he has a plan that he wants to do it right, so that it's, it's not just yeah, it's not just uh, right, information coming. It's not like proof. he's ever given any names or anything like right. that yet. It's There's just, a, that documentary, The Open Secret. It's it just makes your skin crawl when you watch it. It's all about that. It's all about just pedophilia well, in Hollywood. Oh. And oh, it, it, you, I believe me out. you shared it because I saw uh-huh. it this morning. The uh, the story that's breaking that the the, the, the latest, Nickelodeon guy, the latest sex scandal, open secret. Secret documentary too. Is he? Yeah, it's bad. I asked him. Is is he the guy? And it's that been plays... talked about forever. 
is he the guy that plays the uh, the chef or whatever or the 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 boss in Good Burger? Yeah, yeah, because I think is? yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, Ooh, I love that. I movie. think he's the same guy. Dan, what's his name? He was well. He was an actor. I mean, he was on a he was on a sitcom called Head of the Class. Uh, way back in the oh day. Oh my gosh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember I didn't head, realize head of the he was class. on that. Yeah, that was that was him. Wow. Um, and he was, uh, and then he became like the head producer and writer at Nickelodeon. He's the guy behind iCarly and all of those other shows. I don't know what they are. What's the one that with Ariana Grande was on? Oh, Cat and something. Something like that. Yeah. And he, so remember. he's the guy that basically is in charge of writing that. And they say that he. He not you know he he touches kids he's into Ew. kids that he's like he's he does all this stuff he Gross. puts he puts his, Dan Snyder that's Dan Snyder name. yeah and then he puts his his you look fantasies at the and fetishes into these shows I don't like it he's yeah the ones where he's holding the kids and he's holding he's got his arm like around some look, of their necks they don't look super happy they don't look super comfortable but yeah they said this has been a bit secret for years and and uh, oh. there's an there's an article about that so that's that's breaking I, I think that Hollywood uh, hopefully they clean house on this because it's just it's absolutely Ew. disgusting. Ew, no. Ew, I don't like it. Now that yeah, my a, skin is creepy crawly. Yeah, he's a creep. <laughs> um, also in kind of this same vein, there was an update this week on the uh, the family. There hasn't been anything coming out of the Vegas shooting. We're moving past it um, because there has not been any new uh, developments that we can really talk about other than the fact that one of Stephen Paddock's brothers, not the one that was on the news, right, it's not the one that was doing all oh the God. interviews. How many brothers does he He's have? Got no, enough, I, I it, don't think it was because the one that the news came out about is like in assisted living. Like he sounds like he has a lot of problems. I don't think it's the same one that's right. The so they they but they have now investigating him for ch- uh, child child pornography child pornography, which is which is either proof that this family is a bunch of creeps or if this has as you were saying. Well, I mean, the news um, in the very beginning of all of this had really latched on to them saying that their father, Benjamin Hoskins Paddock, was a F, you know, a on the FBI most wanted uh, yes, list as a bank robber. And they, their whole the thing hell? was like, we're, you know, we're really, you know, we're, we're kind of proud of this. Like, and they had never met their dad, I guess, but they had known about his reputation and things like that. And they're like, we're, we're proud of this. And you know, that was part of his interview in the news. It was kind of a strange thing to say. But the news had really latched on that. They didn't save. They really didn't go back to that much after that. I really didn't hear much after it about the first two days after this had happened. But they they were reporting on that, too. So either, like you're saying, it runs in the family or I don't know. Well, and there's also the whole thing with this. this, and, And not to say that this doesn't happen and that people don't do this. But... This, you were saying, is also kind of a tactic that's been used in the past. Yeah, it was like an idea that I think that um, people are saying had happened to Stan Romanik, right? I mean, the guy that we had talked about who had all this... Allegedly uh, had uh, all the alien encounters. And all this alleged evidence of oh, his yeah, encounters and, then and they things like that. Oh, yeah, get, like, child porn. Like. Yeah, and they're saying that it can, like, happen to politicians and people like, the, you know, well, and really anybody. They can just upload the stuff and they're like, it was on your... Yeah, it's on your computer. Yeah. So. Well, no, well, I, yeah. don't, I don't know this it. stuff. Was sure you don't, pervert. Right. Get out of mm-hmm. here. Right. We'll lock you up in prison and let them take care of you. And you know what? Again, we're not defending the fact that these people. We're not saying these people are innocent. They've been framed. We're saying that this has has happened in mysterious circumstances to people. This is something that that 
you know, is very, it would be very easy to remotely hack somebody's computer right. and do this. So all we're saying is that this has happened in the past. It's interesting. So especially as, as reports were saying, this guy was in an assisted living yeah, facility. Yeah, it sounded for a like while. he couldn't like, really take care of himself. So how is he even able somebody, to get on a computer Yeah, and I can't it. remember who it was. Somebody who had sent this to us or something or commented on this had said, what is he just... Homeless rolling around with a laptop full yeah, of exactly. stuff. Like, like where is yeah. he getting power from? But Just random outlets. Who they, knows? They also, I did see a story, and I don't remember. I don't think we talked about it last time because I think it was since then. But I saw the story that was saying that they, the FBI, or I don't know who at this point where the information is coming from, said that Stephen Paddock's hard drives were missing from his laptops in his room, and I'm like. Eh. How is it? How are That's they all? Of, weird. How are they all of a sudden missing? Because where did they go? Well, the, either the police took them or his accomplices. So which is it? Right, but that—that's the whole oh, yeah, point for because, the investigation. Right, because I mean that's really the whole point. It's like, well, how did they go missing? Because if he removed them, he either hid them somewhere, you know, or destroyed them or something like that. But I mean, why? Why would he do that? It seems really weird, especially if he really had no. Um, known motives or ties like they're saying to international terrorism it's like why would he even remove his own or hide his own hard drive yeah it's, it's a hiding thing, a lot of stuff for somebody with no yeah motive. it's yeah and no so, escape plan who's yeah. just planning to kill himself yeah Aye. so really most no. people who do these type of things let's be fair they do them because they want recognition or they want yeah they want to be known for behind. something they're like you know. trying to send a message yeah i mean they do yeah i mean if he if he had intentions to kill himself i mean why would he even bother with that so I don't know. I thought that was an interesting story. All of a sudden that they're just like, oh, all of a sudden the hard drives are missing. You know, where did they go? It's That's the question. Where did they go? Yeah. I mean, there's just that's weird. There's so, so much, much. There's so many, there's so many dropped balls on this. And there's so many weird, like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, it's like, so like, bogus. Like, I can't even. I just barely found out right now that his dad was like a FBI most wanted bank robber. Yeah, like so. I I think they only (laughs) have like so much. Benjamin Paddock. Yeah, you can literally find like a drawn picture of him. Well, there he is because he escaped uh, prison in the 1960s and then was captured again. Oh, what's going on? This is Mm. so weird. I mean, Very interesting. What? Yeah, so see I how don't know, that, but that I mean, can fuel both arguments. You can say, well, the apple doesn't far far from the tree, or here's right, somebody that the government's shady. been tracking because they know that there's they can track this family. Yeah. Who knows? And, no, now, the only idea is that, like, you know, if they were to, if we were to suggest, or, you know, that they did um, plant this child pornography onto his devices or whatever to incriminate him, you would kind of do it so that you would kind of, uh, you would not, you would discredit anything that he had to say, you know, regarding his brother's innocence yeah. or anything like that. But it does seem weird to put it on the brother that we don't really know anything know about. about, right? Who doesn't yeah. really have any bearing on this uh, case right now. So I don't know. That's the only rational thing I can think of as to why they would do it unless somebody else has a better idea. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I have no idea. Nothing, I don't understand nothing any about know. this case. I mean, none of it makes any sense. Does yeah. it? It really does. I thought it was the brother that they had interviewed on the news at first. Yeah. And, and so did I. And then it was like, oh, okay, they're taking him down, you mm-hmm. know, because he was on the news running his right. mouth. But that the fact that it's another brother, I mean, it, again, it, it's one of those things that I can, I can literally see equally from both mm-hmm. sides. Yeah. I agree. So, 
I don't know. We'll, we'll we will give you more as that develops. We'll talk about other things that develops. But let's uh, let's get into today's topic and just talk about the Halloween in general. Like this is, I, Danny. I know this is your favorite holiday. Well, it's like actually, I love all three of these in a row. I love Halloween for the dressing up, then Thanksgiving because of the food, the food, and Christmas is just the the nice spirit of it all. And presents, so, yay! Yeah, those are those are good. But <laughs> you know, I the, I like this little series of. Holiday the holiday right season yeah. in general. Yes. What? Uh, yes. October's like probably my favorite month though, because there's no snow yet. And the leaves and just yeah, it's, it's pretty. pretty. I yeah. love fall. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty time of year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I let me ask you this: What's your favorite? I know you you were both you both like scary movies. What's your favorite scary movie to watch at Halloween? Oh God! Just like you tried on... to do the entire Saw marathon. That was this only that's because it was on TV. <laughs> and and you did you have, where did you start at one? No, I started at three. I joined in late. And then you got. But I feel to... like I've seen one enough times to like yeah. have it memorized. And then yeah. you got to what? I fell asleep during five. <laughs> so, you, but you got from three to five. Like I said, though, I was only paying attention during the like uh, torture parts. <laughs> Because I'm that sick. Well, that's most of the movie. It's too yeah. hard Let's to follow the plot. I know, <laughs> yeah. but they try to throw in plot. <laughs> well, that's why they call it torture porn, because they don't need... Torture you know, porn. It, neither, they don't it, need plot. They just need just, torture. And then the rest of it is like, but how will we get to the place where the chair with the nails in it is? Because that's where the, the torture victim will be. I, I want to see the new Jigsaw movie, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, they just put it out. On, yeah, yeah it just barely out. came out. Oh, like, okay. just barely, barely on Friday. Oh. Uh, Danny, do you have a favorite scary movie or favorite scary thing to do at Halloween? Or? Um, I like the... I like the the classics when they're on, like, you know, the Friday the 13th and Halloween and those things because, you know, they, when they were on marathons and stuff, we just put them on on weekends and we clean, all clean like the house Friday to the 13th them. because yeah. of what we're wearing today. That's true. <laughs> Which is weird because it all kind of, none of us planned this. I right. left the house early and then you got ready and then we got here and Melissa yeah, was. And we all, and have, we all wore Jason t-shirts We did. Today. The fact that it's we all so have cool. Jason t-shirts speaks volumes about who we all so are as people. Awesome. Right. But you have a cool, like, Jason, literally hockey jersey. Yep. It's super cool. <laughs> it says Voorhees 13 on the back. Yeah. It's so dope. And you've got the Friday the 13th, and I've yeah. got, I've got like a farm scene. The, yeah. the, the, the old American Gothic, but with yeah, Freddie and Jason. Yeah, I love that. that. We'll get a picture of it for the, um, for the website. But, um, uh, what about Halloween? What about it? The oh, movie. You mean the actual movie? Yeah. Oh, oh it's yeah. a classic I like, for watching uh, yeah, on Halloween. Like I, said, I like that one too. Um, I really like three season of the witch. The only one that didn't feature Michael Myers, but, but it's super yeah, cheesy. It's it's um that's one of those ones where where so they took a break from the standard from the standard because yep. they didn't realize oh oh it's Michael Myers stabbing people mm-hmm. and the third movie in Halloween this is true is about masks that if you put them on <laughs> it's a company that makes Halloween masks. Like of pumpkins and witches and different things, and if you put them on, they kill you. Yeah, they melt your face. But when it turns on the when the TV show starts, it like uh, reacts with the mask, and then the mask like basically eats your head. Ooh, that's pretty cool. And it but, has a it has a little jingle that's really cute. Oh. But it has oh. nothing to do to with Michael Myers. Like yeah. literally, <laughs> it's just to do. they just went. All right, we did two of them with the mad guy in the mask. Let's <laughs> do a third so one about something silly. That is weird. It's I didn't. Really I don't think I knew about one. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also really like the ring. That's a great. Oh, I love classic. the ring. You know, the funny thing about the ring is, is when that came out on DVD, like back in two thousand three, uh, I bought it on DVD, and there was a feature that I had read about where if you like 
went to the menu and pressed like down mm-hmm. or over, the ring video itself just starts would playing. Play. Yep. Oh. So I'm in my apartment, live alone, and I I turn it on and it just starts playing, and I'm like, all right, this is kind of creepy. <laughs> right, this is a little eerie. And so I'm trying to press stop. You can't. I'm trying yeah, to fast forward. You can't. It literally it. locks yeah. in and oh, plays the whole thing through. No. So I'm just like, all right, just get done. And <laughs> I shit you not, the second it got done, my phone rang. It was just oh a friend God, of mine. So but the timing on it. Wow. Poot and peed. <laughs> Straight up poot and peed. That's what birds do, don't I they? It's the same time. <laughs> yeah. I think birds do. I think they do like birds all Birds are when once. your phone rings after you watch the ring. <laughs> and I, it literally was like, I was expecting the chick to be like, seven days. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'll tell you, though, I saw that in the theaters. And when, when that chick climbed out, out, oh, climbs so out of the creepy. TV, mm-hmm. it was one of the scariest movie moments. Like people, I remember people like gasping. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That was crazy. I mean, now now yeah. it's one of those things that like has been, you know, when you watch like scary movie mm-hmm. and the whole thing yeah, is making fun, fun of, of the lot. girl from the ring or yeah. the grudge or whatever. And then you see it, you know, and she mm-hmm. gets up and dances or whatever. You're like, this has been done or parodied so much that it's no longer scary to me. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with a lot of horror movies is like you go, well, Freddy's silly now, you know, because... You just you associate. Oh yeah! Once he gets on to like his taglines and stuff. Right, Jason is silly at this point now. Uh, You know, there's so many of those. Jason got. I like it when they made Jason like over the top, like Jason X when he was like in space and he's a cyborg. (laughs) I like that. You know, I think it's funny. But when you watch those movies in the context of what they were in 1979, 1980, even if you watch the first like Nightmare on Elm Street, like he's really scary in that, like and genuinely terrifying, and and the fact that it's you know these these effects that are still there like mm-hmm. the the effects from friday the 13th like when kevin bacon's laying there and the arrow comes up through the neck oh yeah that's still like one of the free i'm like ah no <laughs> so scary yeah it is it is and they hold up so i don't know watch a classic horror movie let us know which one's your favorite yeah let us know um maybe i'm about to watch more horror movies i love the hellraisers too one of my favorite scary horror movies uh over the last few years that's come out uh was cabin in the woods and i think it's scary because oh it's such a good movie well you know it breaks down horror movies Mm -hmm. but it also it just gives you the location of so many great horror movies this remote cabin in the woods that that you go to and either the killer's out there or it's haunted but you're isolated you're alone and Mm -hmm. there's so many movies that use this trope but in our history in in the history of crimes and, and terrible things that have happened in America, oftentimes they've taken place in these cabins. <laughs> it's a great place to do it. It's a great place. That's so bad to say, but and it's not, so true. Not to say that these aren't, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they are the inspiration for some of these things, you know, these locations. Mm-hmm. Um, so today for Halloween, we wanted to talk about one of the creepiest cases that is still unsolved, although, I don't know, we'll we'll lay it out for you. I'm pretty sure I know who did it. <laughs> That's how I feel, too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a detective now. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um, and that is the murders that took place in Cabin 28 in Keddie, California, in April of 1981. Now, this is a very interesting story. Um, we, th- we, have a, we have some videos. In fact, there was one where this gal... Uh, just really lays it out really well. So I figured we could kind of listen to some of her video, talk about it. But also, I mean, let's just give you the basics of this. Um, Sue Sharp, who was the mother of 
four or five kids? Five. Five. Think, yeah. Yeah. She she, five. she moved her kids. They were kind of moving all over. She'd been kicked out of her house by her former husband. Uh, was kind of didn't really have anywhere to go. Was traveling, living in a camper, living in the car, and eventually finds this community of Keddie, California, which, it, from all accounts that that uh, uh, regarding the, uh, you know, that we heard, was kind of a. A place where people went to didn't want to be found. or Yeah, it was a resort, and then they, like, lost all their money, so they had to turn into, like, a low-income kind of living area. Yeah. And so they just rented out the cabins as, like, low-income homes. And that's exactly what she she had. She had some money coming in from, I think, the Navy. So she was making... Oh, yeah, because her ex had military stuff. So right. I mean, it was only, like, what, $250 not, a week or something? For uh, her two, and five kids. That's 200 insane. So, I mean, yes. you break that down. That's that's literally oh minus all your bills for the month, minus your rent. Now, you're in a cabin, so some of those things. And I, I'm sure it was 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 uh, not crazy through the roof expensive, but, I mean... You then buy five Still, kids, what they're lot. eating. Just food. That's they're, not even enough That's for leaving food. you with pennies yeah. at the end of the Aww. month. I mean, that's... So she's yeah. literally trying to make ends meet. She's doing whatever she can. Um, and then on the evening of April 11th, 1981, uh, a horrible crime happened um, that was discovered the next morning by Sue's daughter. So I'm going to play this video. We're going to kind of let it play. We're going to kind of listen to... Uh, to the details of this, and we'll stop it as we go. Here we go. The morning of April 12th, the Seabolts and Sheila are up early in cabin 27, getting ready for church. Sheila crosses the yard back home at around 7.45 a.m. to change into her Sunday clothes. She opens the front door, maybe expecting to see her mother asleep on the couch or find the boys up eating breakfast, but instead she is met with silence. Silence and three dead bodies on the living room floor. The bodies of her mother, Sue Sharp, her brother, Johnny Sharp, and Johnny's friend, Dana Wingate. Horrified, Sheila sprints back to cabin 27, waking all of the neighbors with her screams of murder and dead. The Seabolts phone the police before returning to cabin 28, knocking on all of the windows, and they are relieved to discover that the two younger Sharp boys and their friend Justin appear unharmed. At first, it seems like they've slept through the entire night, completely unaware of the violence right outside of their bedroom door. They evacuate the boys through the window, saving them the traumatizing sight of the bodies in the living room. Officers from Plumas County Sheriff's Office arrive at around 8 a.m., and they review the crime scene, but right from the start, mistakes are made. The scene isn't properly secure upon arrival, and by the end of the morning, nearly all of the deputies have walked through the house before evidence is collected, possibly contaminating the crime scene. The authorities also fail to notify the Department of Justice of California until hours later. You're going to find police errors a common theme with this investigation, but upon seeing the horrific aftermath of the murders, I think it's safe to say that everyone, including law enforcement, was shocked by the brutal nature of the homicides. Sue, Johnny, and Dana had all been bound with varying widths of medical tape and double-bound with electrical appliance wire, which indicated at least a semi-premeditation, as there'd been no medical tape in the house beforehand. 
Near the bodies was what authorities thought was a pocket knife, but upon closer inspection, they realize it's a steak knife that's been used with so much force the blade has been bent backwards. Stab marks lined the walls and furniture, and police uncover a seven-inch butcher knife in addition to a bloody hammer. All three bodies were bound at the ankles and wrists, but Sue's body was covered by a blanket from Tina's bed, and she'd been gagged with a pair of her own underwear and a bandana. Okay. I mean... Jesus! Now, this is this is not only just an absolute brutal crime, but this is a crime that involves a woman and two kids. It's horrifying. I mean, he was, what, 15, they say? Mm-hmm. And so it was him and his friend. I mean, those those are, you know, boys. They're growing yeah. or whatever, but... Still I mean, young kids. They're young kids yeah. and a woman. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of... of there's pictures of the aftermath of the crime scene. There's pictures of, of how much blood there was. But to listen to this, that there were stab wounds and, and gouges in the walls. Ugh. I mean, the fact that, I mean, this was frenzied. This was a, a very. Yeah, there's blood on the ceiling. And when the, and they know. bent the knife. I mean, the picture Ugh. of the knife, you can see this. It's literally stabbed so much that the steel is bent. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, not to, like, not be sympathetic, but I mean. Like a normal steak knife, like just a one out of your drawer. I mean, if you like stabbed, it's not like it's not a good stabbing tool. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's gonna bend. Sure, it's not a. It's not Welcome a, to yeah, Marty's like, good stabbing tool <laughs> review. <laughs> Listen, I mean? I've like, stabbed a plenty in my day, and those those steak knives don't stab for nothing. <laughs> but like, if you like tried to stick that no, in like think, some like a side of beef, bend. like sure, yeah, yeah like, bend. So, like, I think the other stuff is, like, the hammer, far the more traumatic. And, yes, the fact that like, there's holes in the walls and, like, blood on the ceiling. Like, yes. somebody was losing it. Now, yes. it also is, is interesting to note that, and you'll hear kind of as, as this progresses, there's some interesting developments with a witness who may or may not have seen the entire thing. Um, but what amazes me is that those other boys... I'm sure this wasn't quiet. I mean, this was a, this wasn't a giant cabin. It was three bedrooms. It was big. And, I mean, it wasn't something giant that a woman who was only making two hundred fifty bucks uh, a week was yeah, was going to be able to afford this giant house. And so it's crazy to me that these other boys slept through this entire incident. Yeah, three three of the other boys, right in the other room. Like, yeah, right I mean, they were only like ten the... feet away. It was only through a wall. And, yeah, like, and, like right next feet. to the living room. Yeah. Right. Um, Sheila, the daughter, the older daughter, she was over at a friend's house. Clearly. She's the one that discovers it. At and the then, Seabolds, right? Or whatever. At the Seabolds, that's yeah. right. Um, and then you'll hear about the fate of the younger daughter, Tina, I believe. Oh, right? poor Tina. Unfortunately, their deaths hadn't been painless and even suggested torture. All three had been bludgeoned with two different hammers, one of which was missing from the crime scene, and Sue had been beaten with a Daisy Powerline 880 rifle. Dana was beaten with an unknown weapon and strangled to death, while Sue and John suffered multiple varying-sized stab wounds all over their bodies, from their chests to their throats. That's interesting. I know. That's interesting to note, though. They never did find the gun that she was bludgeoned with, but nobody was shot. So I wonder if that leads me to believe, and I'm just, as this is going on. They didn't shoot Sue? No, it said she was beat She was beat to death. And then she was stabbed. So they tied up. So that's interesting that they had a rifle. That makes me think that somebody came in and said, you yeah. know, sit up, shut up. Well, that's probably how they tied him up. 
Right, but then they don't use the rifle because maybe they know the rifle can be traced. But that that's interesting that you'd, you'd, you'd bludgeon somebody to death with a rifle, but... Mother and son either died from the blunt force trauma or from blood loss. The extent of their injuries was too great to determine the cause of death. Police tagged over 100 pieces of evidence, including several of the murder weapons, one of the hammers and three of the knives. The rifle was never found and one hammer was still missing. The other items included the blanket that was covering Sue, the doorknobs from the front room and the boys' bedroom, which had blood on the living room side, and in total there were 11 blood samples and nearly a dozen bloody fingerprints lifted off of various objects. The amount of evidence left behind was overwhelming, actually to the point where authorities concluded this hadn't been a swift act by a professional killer. They did believe, however, it was very personal. Whoever killed the victims knew them and harbored animosity towards them. Now, the initial police reports made no mention of 12-year-old Tina, who was not one of the victims, but she was also not anywhere in the house. Both Sheila Sharp and Justin told police that Tina was missing, and there was evidence suggesting she'd been abducted, but it seems both were ignored. Safely, it was hours, possibly even close to an entire day before authorities realized that Tina was gone. Precious hours that were wasted, as the more time that passes post-abduction, the higher the chance police will be searching for a body instead. And after they realize Tina was missing, possibly still alive, Plumas County finally contacts the Department of Justice to aid them in their investigation. But the department's involvement seems to only hinder the case, as you'll learn later on. Police had no witnesses to help them piece together what happened in the late hours of the 11th and the early morning hours of the 12th. Or it's possible they did have witnesses, but were either dismissing them because of their age or purposefully ignoring them. There are reports that the youngest sharp boy claimed he was awake during the murders before later changing his story to match his brothers, saying he'd slept through the entire night. And it seems their friend Justin went along with this narrative at first. However, Justin later told law enforcement that the night of the murders, he dreamt about Sue, Johnny, and Dana being killed and Tina being hauled away by two men. And keep in mind, as he tells this dream to authorities, he's still insisting he was asleep during the killings, despite the fact that only a wall and about 10 feet separated him from the actual nightmare. In Justin's dream, he's on a boat with two men, one with longer black hair and one with shorter brown hair. He describes their clothing in great detail, everything from their jean jackets down to the cowboy and army boots they're wearing. He says the men had hammers they used to attack Johnny and Dana, who fought back before they were thrown overboard. Justin then spots Sue's body on the boat, covered with a blanket, with a large slit on her chest. And Justin says in the dream he tried to stop the bleeding. But right after he finishes telling this dream to the polygraph examiner, Justin confesses that it wasn't a dream at all, but that he'd witnessed the murders. So he tells authorities everything he remembers without the guise of the dream to muddle any details. Justin hears a noise in the middle of the night and peeks through the ajar bedroom door into the living room. Sue is lying on the couch, and the two men he previously described stand in the middle of the room. Then, Johnny and Dana walk through the front door, and upon seeing the two men, an argument ensues. Then, a fight. Dana attempts to flee, but the brunette delivers a blow to the back of his head with a hammer. Johnny is attacked with a knife, and Sue rushes to his side before the men tie up all three of them. Justin says he retreats back into his room and hides behind the door. During the assault, Tina walks into the living room, dragging a blanket, asking what's going on. The men rush her and then drag her out the back door as she screams for help from her mother, who is already dead on the floor. 
Then, allegedly, the brown-haired man returns and covers Sue with a blanket. An hour passes before Justin goes back to bed and falls asleep until morning when Sheila and the Seabolts knock on the bedroom window. Justin walked home to cabin 26 and arrives at around 8.30 a.m., moments after he was pulled to safety. He doesn't stop to talk or eavesdrop, so he shouldn't have known a knife and hammer were involved, nor that Tina was missing, or that the victims had been tied up, unless he'd seen something. Justin, in fact, seemed to be the only one who was sure of the identities of the victims. And on top of this, when Justin returned home, he had blood on his shoes. His mother gave them to the authorities, who later lost the evidence. Lost the evidence. How many goddamn cases do you hear that the police lost the evidence? Now, I'm I think, like, even more of it gets ruined in, like, the basement because of water damage or something. Like, there's, like, so much evidence on this case that gets completely destroyed. I just think it's crazy. I mean, but... Well, well, there were the reports, and, and they'll talk about it, too. There were the reports that Marty and, you know, was friends with the sheriff. Yeah. Marty think, had even stayed with the sheriff. Yeah, it was like, like when he fell on, like, some hard times or something like that. Right. He, he let he, him stay with it. Th- I mean, so they were friends. They were they were aware. So, Marty is the suspect. Well, and we'll get into we'll get <laughs> yeah. into him in a minute. But the fact... And, and not it's me. Not like I didn't stay with Marty. Yeah. It's not like it's a, it's a, you know, this this big mystery. I mean, if you, it, it, it kind of unfolds Yeah, if you hear way. everything about it, but you're the, like, he's but, guilty. But the fact is, is that, like, like when you really look at... How, at the police and what because that that's what I don't understand, right? There's a chain of command. How 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 did they not look for Tina right away? That's what bothered but me. But also how how do you have these these things? Well, and I guess maybe they can argue that it's a small town police and but you know, they don't they've never seen anything like this. Okay, <laughs> well if that's police. the case, wouldn't you just still do police procedure yeah, and go like, well, look, something. here's the shoes. These shoes need to go to somebody Yeah. I guess oh my what's God. his name? Bo, the guy who was staying with Bobo Betty. Yeah. Bobo Betty. Well, yeah. his last name was Bo Betty and his first name was Bo, Bo. like B E A U. So Bo Bo Betty. Yeah. But it sounds like Bobo Betty. Yeah. So he was staying with Marty and his wife, right? Marilyn. And, and she didn't. She didn't like you. Yeah, he Maryland. Was, but I guess they were like going to open something up in Vegas or something, right? Like, were they yeah, doing, they like, had a like connection to like well, the mob. I, that's, somehow. I was going to say like that they was Bobo to... Betty of, uh, allegedly had mob ties. Now he that's was... what I was getting at, as 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 to why you were asking maybe why the police were just. Maybe These they guys were like all intentionally lived in cabin twenty six, right? Yeah, they, they were like, like right, they down. Were right there. And when you listen to the timeline and when you listen to the way this whole thing went down, like it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's all I was gonna say is like maybe they were like maybe even intentionally messing it and up. Marilyn's so that- son Justin is the only witness, right. right? So here's this: Justin's story checked out as police found the boys' bedroom door partially ajar when they arrived on scene, and they found blood on the knob facing the living room. Authorities now believe Justin witnessed part of the murders. But while he'd been rather detailed with the assailants' descriptions, he remained silent concerning their identities. It's possible he didn't recognize them, or it's possible he kept quiet because he did know them and feared for his life. But perhaps the most interesting thing about Justin himself was that he lived in Cabin 26 with his mother, Marilyn Smart, and his stepfather, a man named Martin, a.k.a. Marty Smart. And in the days following the murder... Both Marty and Marilyn seem to have something to hide. So, I don't know. I I feel like a lot of these are like these small town, you know, where like 
everybody knows each other, everybody's friends, and they, and people, something like this happens, and they just go, well, well, heck, Marty didn't mean it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He's a good old boy. <laughs> he just loses control sometimes. Yeah. Marty, he don't, mean Marty it. don't know. He never hurt nobody before. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm Come like. It sounds on. like. That's exactly what it sounds like. It just sounds like. You've well, got, especially once you hear well, like the more of the evidence that place is like him. 60 or something, right? It's like oh, tiny. I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's like nobody living there. That's crazy. And this poor Sue Sharp and her family. Mm, I think it's sad that she like left her abusive husband. She left her abusive this was husband. The result of that. That's they so were sad. living in a trailer in Quincy, California, and then they had to leave Quincy because Tina was getting molested oh my by God. someone who lived there. Yes. And so then they moved here, and then this happens. That's why I'm like, poor Tina, because who knows what happened to Tina? Because she disappeared, and they don't know if she got killed right away or if she was... Witness. Well, they found her, I think they found her skull. It was like on the third anniversary anniversary of the the Kenny murders, and someone called and said, you know, there's a skull down there, and they were right. And I mean, then again, the police didn't even investigate that because... And Who it was knows 50 why? Miles though, away, and they didn't do any kind of voice analysis. Right, I thought that was crazy would, on well, the phone call. Well, it, it was because that it took years for them to actually find the anonymous phone call. In fact, oh, years yeah, had gone they, like, by, filed it away, and all of the oh, old police uh, had gone out. And there was a new chief. In fact, they talk about him in this video. There was a new chief, um, and he found that tape like buried under oh. a bunch of other stuff. Like it wasn't. The most important so much of this case crime. is just like, oh, just just put this evidence in this box literally and never look at it again. When, when the cops came and questioned, because both Marty and Bobo Betty were given uh, investigations. Yeah, the or, number one suspects uh, interrogated pretty much. after this. Bo told the cops he was a former cop. Oh yeah! Then he basically he lied to his whole statement. He was never yeah. a cop, and he was, ne- and they just went. And they were, right. okay, Marilyn whatever. was his niece, and they had no relation. Right. You know, right. He'd only he never met uh, Sue. He was right. just all of this, even though he was like kind of stalking Sue. Yeah, and what you, some of the accounts said. Yeah, and and I mean that's the that's the that's the craziest thing about this is when you really listen to like how much of the cops just took at face value. Like they just went, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's the, like day- the cops just interrogate somebody. Did you kill this person? No, it's in the, ti- right. it's well, in the timeline he here. He in fact, I'll it. let the timeline play. But the day of the, like, right after the murders, like they discovered the bodies, and within an hour, like they were going around telling people, and they found Marty Sharp, like, at his house, burning clothes and shoes. <laughs> Totally not suspicious at <laughs> yeah, all right. to be doing that right oh, after what? a There's murder. A murder? <laughs> Hold on, I'll be right there. Just got to burn these tennis shoes. Yeah. I mean, they like when they inv- when they interrogated him or investigated him or interviewed him, whichever one you want to say that they did. I mean, he like even said stuff about the murders like, oh, I'm I'm missing a hammer. Like, yeah, he put I, that I, out I, there. He throws like, that out like there. Like it's a, got a blue handle. Yeah. Like, I, I'm missing a hammer. Well, he's, yeah. He so brings weird. it up that they were used. I heard there was hammers used. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, well, I'm missing well, a hammer. Well, heck, I, boy, I reckon. <laughs> and he also uh, he also made a comment about how um, they were overkill. Yeah. He goes, if it would have been me, I would have done it. Quicker. Quick. I would have done it quick. Oh, well. Why would he say that? I don't know. That's so creepy. And he also said something about uh, Justin or when they asked him, he, he said something along the lines of, you know, he may have uh, seen something without me detecting him. 
meaning you know very much putting like he him was there yeah very much putting him in the yeah the in his in his original interrogation he oh, he was Jesus. on he was on record as saying well Justin might have seen something without me detecting him that was the exact oh quote God. right yeah. you're right and they never touched on that the detectives never went back and went wait 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 Wait, you just what said detecting. What Wait, do you mean detecting? You? Like you were there? Wait, you were making sure the kids were watching? what are watching? you talking about? Yeah, like it was... It was, Wow. To me, this is literally cops not wanting to solve the case because they're yeah. going, okay, so you're burning shoes, right? Oh, you just said you were there. Okay, well, nothing more to see <laughs> Have here. Have a good day. Yeah, it's yeah. like that scene in Everybody Family Guy. Everybody burns their shoes, don't where you know? They killed Joe's cat and they're sitting there and they've got like like blood all over him and he's just driving and they pull over and, and they go, oh, look, there's a shovel in the car and a dead body in the back seat and you're covered in blood, but eh, everything seems to check out. And then Brian drops his bag of pot and they're like, weed, weed, a very small amount of weed. And that's why they get in trouble. But that's what this sounds like. Like there was such bad police work. Like how do you or, just or intentional bad police work? They're well, yeah, literally trying definitely, not to solve it. I think it right. had to be a cover up. There had to be some kind of connection. Yeah. There's no yeah. way the police are that big of like bumbling idiots. And there's too much evidence that's out there that literally, like they said, there's there's tons that was left at the the crime at the crime scene, and there's so much that they find later. You know through. Marty's therapist and right. things oh like that God, that come the out. Therapist. I mean, the the letter that they find. I mean, so much stuff that literally says. <laughs> I mean, without saying I didn't. Says well, I didn't say I did. Yeah, What you're referring to is that years later, he um, Marty was in a therapy session. And he and, moved to Reno like right after the murders too. Right, that's yeah. where his therapist was. Yeah, and. Uh, now, because of patient confidentiality, the, the the therapist did not reveal any of this information till years after Marty was dead. Marty died of of cancer, cancer I believe. Think. Yeah, and this didn't come out till like 2010. So he, but he says that in a therapy session, he straight up came in and said, "I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna clear up. I'm gonna clear the air. I'm gonna tell you what happened. I uh, I killed. He says he killed." Um, the Sue and the Sue and the daughter, the daughter. Tina. He, he said didn't he kill didn't the kill the boys. He said I didn't kill the boys, but uh, he even describes that that Tina didn't fight him when they were when he yeah, was. What he used the bad. term dispatching her or something like that. And uh, uh, I mean he 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 literally confesses to the crime, right? And that's not the first time he confessed either. And then the therapist was just like. Hey, you need to you need to go turn yourself in. Right. He was like, "No, I I already took the polygraph. Oh, I yeah, lied he beat and a polygraph. They, they believe me. I beat it. So they can't they're easy it. to yeah. beat." And that's and that's kind of what his oh, whole thing I forgot was. He but, said that. You know, yeah. Listen, therapists. If I understand patient confidentiality, but if somebody comes in and be like, "Yeah, I killed the kid and the what the lady." <laughs> I don't think that they're required. Falls they're required under. if it if it causes harm to someone. They're required to tell. But yeah. if it if it caused it. harm, well, they are now. I don't know when that actually became a law. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably I don't know. not back I don't know. in crazy town. Hopefully not back then, <laughs> like, because that would just mean that that was a negligent wherever. therapist. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely crazy. I mean, when you really look back on 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 all of it, and and when you listen to the timeline, I'm going to play a little bit of this timeline that she lays out, which is really interesting because. 
it literally puts Marty like. Is this when they go to the bar? And yeah, stuff? yeah. Oh, listen, okay. So listen, here's the actual timeline of events that kind of lead up to this and the day of, okay? And then play out after a little bit. Police only had one witness to the actual murder, and his testimony was clouded with the trauma of what he'd witnessed, and they didn't trust his entire narrative. So in order to try and piece together exactly what took place during the murder, they have to put all of the pieces in the right order. Although, listen, cops, he still says he saw the fucking murderers. Like... Maybe give him a little credit. I understand yeah. the first part. And like, he knew the weapons without like seeing them or anything. And he and, knew Tina was yeah, gone. Exactly. Like, there's a lot of credibility to his story. Right. I mean, just because his first time he was like, it was his, which is very interesting that he was on a boat and the I men. I thought that was cool. Like that his brain. De- yeah. Like, gave him like this, almost protected him. Right. In a way of like a different. It's, it, yeah. it's amazing how brains do that. But, uh, but I mean, he does come through with enough details. Like, oh, you knew about. The, the hammer and you knew about, t- okay, right. well, maybe we need to listen to you a little right. bit Right, and just like we like we talked about with the Vegas thing about them changing the timeline uh, to avoid any kind of lawsuit or liability. I mean, they kind of did the same thing with the case where they went back and they altered their police. Oh, yeah, because of to, Tina. Yeah, to say that they had known about Tina earlier, even though they didn't even know almost like until a full day later and that she was missing. She was yeah. missing. And I mean, that really could have like, that was super detrimental to... Uh, missing person all case. the information of this case because if they be would have found her then and especially since you find out in the timeline that they, they took it was like I think it was the day after or later in the day of that day or whatever they said they were taking Bo Betty down to a, a, a hospital VA hospital and they left uh, Marty Sharp Bo Bo Betty and one of the, the other guy uh, one of the neighbors they'll say his name here but they think that that might have been when they went and took her body and disposed it so to be like, at, if they wouldn't have waited, they they may they have, found have found her body her. there. Oh like all God. they would have done is had to do a little more digging at maybe the guy's house who was burning the fucking clothes and shoes the day of the murder. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck, like <laughs> a suspect behaving suspiciously. I don't want to discredit. Yeah. Why would we want to dig into that? I, I feel like like we could probably be the smartest detectives in all of this town, <laughs> just because we'd go. Did you look in the, in his car? Did did you talk to the guy that had the fire? <laughs> oh, no, that's good. That's good detective work. Good job there. We'll, we'll talk to that gentleman. So starting about a week before the murders, Marilyn Smart claims Bo would get up in the middle of the night and wander around outside. And this was around the time he first met Sue and expressed interest in her. Stalking and now her. we move to the day of the murders, yeah. April 11th, 1981. Johnny Sharp and Dana Wingate spend the day Probably in the nearby town the of Quincy. To they hitchhiked back oh, so to gross. town along State Route 70 and were picked up by a 17-year-old only named as Joey, who dropped them off at the entrance to Ketty. Johnny and Dana planned to return to Cabin 28 to stay the night. Back at the cabin, Sue's two younger sons, Rick and Greg, are having a sleepover with Justin Smart, as mentioned before. And around 7 p.m., Sheila and Tina Sharp go to the Seabolts in Cabin 27. Sheila plans to stay the night, but Tina does not have permission and only goes to watch TV for a little while. At 9 p.m., Marty, Marilyn, and Bo make plans to go out to the local bar, and Marty tells his wife they need to set Bo up with a woman. Marilyn says, Sue is alone, and all of the kids are probably in bed, she will probably like going. 
The trio goes to Sue's cabin to ask, but she declines their offer. The trio then goes to the backdoor bar. Both Bo and Marty are dressed in colored suits, eyeing the female customers as they walk in. 10 p.m. back at the Sharps' cabin, Tina returns home, and Richard, Justin, and Greg turn in for the night. From the couch, Sue tells Tina that Johnny and Dana should be home later that night, and Tina goes to bed. At approximately 11 p.m., the tenants of cabin 14 return home. One occupant glances at cabin 28 and sees Sue doing dishes in the kitchen. Then, around midnight, Justin claims Johnny and Dana return home, possibly in the middle of the attack, though it's unknown how he knew this. So after having no luck with the women, Marty, Bo, and Marilyn leave the bar at around 1 a.m. and return to cabin 26. They walk home and pass cabin 28 on their way. Marilyn watches TV, then goes to bed, while Bo and Marty return to the bar around 1.15 a.m., again walking past cabin 28 on their way. That night, most of the neighbors sleep peacefully, including the Seabolts, who are just feet away from cabin 28. Only one neighbor in cabin 15 hears muffled screams around 1.15 a.m., but they dismiss them. And around 2.30 a.m., a bartender at the back door bar walks to her car, where she hears what sounds like people putting something into a car... She hears a male and female voice, but sees nothing. And at 4 a.m., a neighbor in cabin 23 notices the Sharps' back porch light is on. Then the fateful moment around 7.45 a.m. when Sheila discovers the dead bodies of Sue, Dana, and Johnny in the living room. Authorities are called, and they begin their investigation. Around 8 or 9 a.m., a friend shows up at the Smart residence to help Marty cut wood and finds him burning debris along with a pair of men's shoes. Yeah. Hmm. Marilyn wakes at around 8.30 and both Marty and Bo are in the cabin. She learns of the murders when Justin arrives home and she hands over his bloody shoes to law enforcement who lose them later. Justin Listen. and Marilyn speak with Sheriff Doug Thomas, who, remember, was a friend of Marty's. The sheriff asks Marilyn if the female body could be Tina and Justin Listen interrupts and says this. That's not Tina in there, it's Sue. Tina is missing. Look down by the river. Later, one of the investigators attempts to hypnotize Justin, at which point he outwardly, unmistakably accuses Marty of the murders. After the conversation with the sheriff, Marilyn's fear is tinged with a sense of urgency to get away from Marty. Marilyn makes arrangements with a friend and tells them she believes Marty is behind the murders. Marty, Bo, and DJ Lake, another neighbor, say that they're taking Bo to the VA hospital in Reno and they depart in Lake's car. Marilyn takes her kids to her friend's house and returns to cabin 26 to gather belongings. And while there, she finds a bloody hammer in a sack in the basement. However, in 2006, she claimed to remember nothing of this statement. It says it simply isn't true. That night... Okay. So she's very forgetful that Marilyn. Yeah. So you've got so I mean, first of all, she clearly within the few, first few days of this murder, she's like, I got to get away from this dude. Yeah. I'm getting murderous creep vibes off this hammer, guy. Like, yeah. run. She, but she found run the bloody hammer after she already got the, the urge to get away from him. Oh God. And then says, I don't remember doing that, though. I don't remember finding a bloody <sighs> hammer. Do, do you or do you not? The the other one I was watching about it was Marilyn wanted to divorce Marty and Marilyn was befriending Sue and Sue was encouraging Marilyn to get away from Marty yeah, because she had fled her abusive husband and so right. that's one of the reasons they thought Marty was out to that's kill Sue. That's the main motive. You're right. Yeah. Because he's like, get out of my marriage. Because, yeah, she was uh, was almost like counseling Sue in a way, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Exactly right. A man gets drunk. This woman's meddling in my affairs. Who's she? 
right? Yeah, exactly. And we give him that accent. <laughs> I go down there and recognize <laughs> my hammer and my old Bobo Bitty. But when they have a name like Bobo Bitty, like, hey, what Bobo else Bitty. are you going to give them? What other voice are you going to give them? Was it, my that's name is Bobo Bitty. Yeah, it was hard to meet like ladies at the bar. What's your name? Bobo Bitty? No, you're not. Get so I, my name would have to be Sue Bobetty if I if this goes anywhere? Sue Bobetty. Sue Bobetty. Sue Bobetty. No, thank I say Sue Bobetty. Oh, see, now you're nervous. Bobetty, Sue Bobetty. Right. Um, was Sue dating someone? I feel like I heard that, like that she was. She had many suitors. <laughs> they, that's what it said in one of the videos. <laughs> I'm totally oh me replaying suitors. one of the videos. She had many suitors, but they um, cleared all of them. Of like, oh, she was now, dating but, like, someone. Wasn't she? With no, she was dating like, that someone night? seriously. Like, wasn't she out? Not that was night? that. Not that night, but he. They usually were together on the weekends, but yeah. he was visiting family that oh, weekend, so man. he wasn't there. But yeah, you're right. She was seeing some one person. Prior to, after after entertaining many suitors. After entertaining many suitors. You can only entertain many suitors for so long. <laughs> Marty returns from Reno, but stays with a friend in a neighboring town. And his friend notices Marty is unusually restless. He's pacing, agitated, and possibly high. Marty keeps saying he has to get back to Ketty to finish something he started, but the friend refuses to take him back that night. It's a murder. So now we move on to everything that happened after the 12th, all the way up to the present. Police continue their investigation. However, many of the original reports appear to have been altered to give the impression that authorities realized Tina was missing right away, when we know for a fact they did not. A few days after the murders, Plumas County calls who, the Department of Justice or the DOJ, requesting their assistance. DOJ detectives question Marilyn, Marty, and Bo, but transcripts reveal that A, authorities spoke to the suspects before their interviews, informally gathering undocumented information, and B, that the DOJ officers blatantly ignored discrepancies and incriminating statements in both Marty's and Bo's interviews. Here's the details. During Listen Bo's interview, the DOJ officers treat Bo with little scrutiny, as they believe he is a former police officer. This is something Bo told them before the interview, and also something that was a total lie. Bo was never a cop, and he continues to lie throughout the interview, but his obvious inaccuracies go ignored. At the beginning of the interview, he knows which cabin is the Sharps, but by the end of it, he claims not to. He claims he'd been in Ketty for a month, but he was only there for two weeks. He said he arrived at the bar at 9.30 to 10 originally, then changed it to 12 a.m., and that Marilyn was his niece when they had no blood relation whatsoever. He claims he never even met Sue Sharp when he'd met her at least two times, and he said Marilyn was awake around 2 a.m. when he returned from the bar for the second time, when Marilyn didn't wake until after the bodies were discovered in the morning. The DOJ detectives questioned none of this and let him leave. Marty's interview goes much the same way. Marty says that Justin could have seen something the night of the murders, quote, without me detecting him, implying he was present during the murders. The detectives never acknowledge this. Without prompting, Marty says he heard a hammer was used in the murders and that he himself was missing a hammer with a dark blue handle, one that matched the description of the second hammer not present at the scene. Marty, in fact, was very chatty about the murders, saying how their deaths were overkill, and that if it had been him, he would have made it a swift killing. Again, 
Detectives ignore his disturbing statements and release him. April 14th, just two days after job, the murders, Bo leaves town and moves to Oregon, two where he starts murders, going by the name moves. Bobby Lake. And changes and on his April name. April 17th, Martin <laughs> totally passes a polygraph suspect. test, and law enforcement clears him of any involvement. Well, but what Marty it. says in several subsequent therapy sessions makes most believed he was at least involved in the killings. He tells so, and then he goes on to tell his his therapist everything. But I mean. Look, let's be fair. Marty clearly did this. Like, I don't believe <laughs> yeah. there's any, there's no part of me that says that that, he, that, that allegedly is not yeah. there. I mean, there's there's like the no letter alleged that they found that he supposedly wrote to Marilyn. Oh, yeah, that said, yeah, the love letter. You know, I, I paid the price of your love with four people's lives, and now you, you know, what does he say? And now you won't. Now you, you turn away from, I don't know, yeah, something like that. you turn your back on me or whatever. Some, some garbage like that. But, but basically like. And again, she says, I don't, I don't remember ever getting that letter, but so. Foggy memory. But she, she says, but it does look like it's his handwriting. Yeah, so she does identify his handwriting. There is that whole thing where. It's I a, killed it's four a, people for you. What yeah, more like do that's you want? The, that's the, that's the, what he's, what he's <laughs> saying. Look, I did that. Look, I committed murder four, four times. Murders? That's Roses not are good. You're so demanding. What else do it's I have to nuts. do? Like, there's, there's just, there's just, and then later on, there's this. Um, is it the Keddy28.com? Is that the name of their yes. website? The the people who have kind of kept this case alive. But one of their members actually went out and with a metal detector investigating the area and found the other hammer. Yeah, oh out in like a pond, right? That was yeah. like kind of it was buried, and they found it. The blue blue handle, like the one that Marty had described that he had the missed. exact yeah. the exact one. And it's and it's yeah, and it is crazy. They found uh, they found the body of Tina, like you said, three years later, and on the anniversary, and they, it was so decomposed that they had no idea that it, uh, you know, that it was her. But then they got this anonymous phone call that says it's it's her. It's <sighs> It's Dina yeah. Sharp. Or Tina. Yeah, you got Sharp? it. Sharp? Sharp. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. Smart is the Smart, other smart and sharp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Sharps are the victims. Smarps. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Those but they said that. And then they, uh, and I mean, that's just. Yeah, and they, and they said that she, w- they assumed that she would have died around the same time that the others did. So they probably did kill her either that night or, you know, but that she did die around that time. They just couldn't figure out how she died. So. Sad. Yeah, it's sad. Poor Tina. It's I, sad. And then the whole thing with Bo Bo Betty, I think like they, he moved and like you said, changed his name, but then like supposedly he died. But a lot of people oh, think they that. they thought he faked his death. Yeah. Of course he'd fake his death if he's changing his yeah, name. Yeah, because like know? his uncle also Oof. died mysteriously around that same time. So they're kind of wondering if like maybe he even took his, like, his identity, uncle's identity or something like that. But yeah, that, with his mob connections, I kind of think that he faked his own death possibly. So, I mean, but like, where is Justin? Where are some of the remaining kids uh, that are alive? He's still alive. alive. Marilyn's like, still alive. Where would they be? Yeah, well, if Marilyn's um, alive, all Justin the kids would was be sent alive. to live with one of Marilyn's oh. exes. Yeah, and, and he won't talk about it He never brought it up again. Wow. Never brought it up again. I mean, he, he refuses to talk about what he saw, which is, I mean, like, I understand. Yeah, I wouldn't want to talk about it. I understand Oof. it. I get it. I I wouldn't want to uh, to talk about it either. But at the same time... I guess Especially it, if he if he thought that it was his was it his stepdad or his real dad? That it was, was his stepdad. stepdad but not yeah, Marty, ew, that'd be stepdad. so still be weird though. 
Well, yeah, you live Ooh. with the guy. Yeah. I mean, Ugh. you live with somebody, you watch him kill someone, like, Ugh. there's no way you're going to identify that. That's crazy. So sad. Ooh. That's why I want Marilyn to come out and tell us what really happened. Yeah, I bet she knows. Marilyn, she's got that foggy memory, though. I don't I don't recall. I don't remember. She might have repressed it all. I remember living all. in Keddy. Did I, <laughs> did I do that? Did I live a there? cabin? <laughs> I Children? never lived in a cabin. What? I, I'm I, a man. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think personally that that this is one of those cases that it's only not solved, like you said, because somebody didn't want it solved. Yeah, right. Totally. I mean, and they're dead. Losing evidence. Now, so even well, and they would. I think they probably would be at this point, wouldn't they? I mean, I guess it was only 1981. Yeah, it wasn't that long yeah, ago. I mean, well, 1981. I mean, they'd both be well, 47 years older. No. One thing I like about this case, though, is how much the internet has helped, like, keep it alive, and like how it's been such a thing with like the website. That's something to be said. That 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 it was it was a person, not a cop, who Mm -hmm. was completely, you know, still investigating this cold case file. It was a person who became fascinated with this Mm -hmm. and said, "You know what? I'm going to go make a website," and then it sparked others people to take interest in it. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And now there's a new sheriff that's actually. Investigating the, the it, new like sheriff in town. <laughs> new sheriff in town. Thirty six <laughs> years later, I, uh, yeah, I, I, there's been a few of these. Um, there's, and we'll post a couple of these videos. In fact, um, BuzzFeed Unsolved just did one where they went up to the area where it used to be. It's all torn down now, and I think Ghost Adventures also did an episode up there, which is very interesting. Hmm. Um, that video that we played the excerpts from was from uh, Kaylee Elise. Uh, she's got a great channel and does some really cool investigations. So um, go subscribe to her as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's to me, there's no real mystery here. It was a horrible crime that yeah. took place, and the only mystery is how how they got the away with it. Work, like, <laughs> the police works a damn mystery. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't, to me, it, it's not. It's that they just avoided they avoided incriminating them uh, by all by all means necessary. Yeah. I mean, that's like some bullshit loyalty. It's like you let this dude live in your house for a month and that's enough to cover up some murders. A like, what murder. is your bond over? Like, what did yeah. you guys bond over? Right. The sheriff and, and Marty. Like, what? What? I don't know. Like, that's some serious, like, bros before hoes right there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I, Tragic case of bros before hoes. It really <laughs> is. <laughs> that's big time, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I personally, I don't understand it. Um, the fact that any of this is a mystery baffles me. Yeah. The, Mar- yeah Marty so. Smart clearly killed these people. Yeah, along and, with- and I think alone. Bobo Betty was there, and I think he oh. helped. And Bobo Betty just sounds so criminal. Yeah. Well, Lies about being a cop. Moves like a Popeye character. Yeah. name. Bobo Betty. Well, Not there he is begging for it. He'll pay you Tuesday for a hamburger <laughs> of the day. Um, I, I don't know. Just don't tell him no. I mean, the fact that, 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 she uh, she even saw him uh, out out the window, like walking around, like he'd go well, out. Well, and like and... that was the whole idea that they had based off is that he had, they, and out supposedly the place. had you know she had turned down his advancements towards her, and they like you were saying it's that theory that maybe he this was just a personal thing. Like you said, no, you turned me down for a date, and I I Dealed with Marty's hatred. Yeah, of her and Marty's perhaps. mad, right? right. And, right. Then, and then they're drunk. They're probably drunk. And then I think the idea was that they. Maybe the boys came in, according to Justin's story, and then you know saw what was happening, and they had to kill them just based off of their witnesses. And then yeah. if Tina came in, we're like, "What's going on?" And they just, I don't know. And that makes sense to me too. That that 
now that I I think about it and the fact that they had a gun that they didn't use, that's how you get just get over there, sit down. That's yeah. how you tie up every, yeah. three people if you're two. Right. That makes a lot of sense. You mm-hmm. got a you got a rifle on somebody, and then you don't want to shoot them because you realize you can trace it back to the rifle, and then so you just use. Knives and hammers and horrible things. And then tell them that you're missing that hammer, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. God. (laughs) It's crazy. It's it's, these guys, yeah, these guys should have been arrested that day. Absolutely. They should have been. I don't understand why any of this is unsolved. I don't know. There Um, were a lot of theories. And and like the theory that maybe uh, Tina, is that her name? I forgot. The youngest The daughter, yeah. Yeah. That maybe like she was also being molested by Bobo Betty. Oh, and God. God, I know poor Tina, right? I hope that's I not the case so because it's Tina. already bad enough. But that maybe that's what was happening, and maybe either um, Sue found out about it, or like one of the other siblings found yeah. out about it, and they um, killed everybody, and that's the reason that they took Tina in the end because they were going to continue doing that. But that, I don't know why they killed ah. her. But I don't know. There was some really interesting theories surrounding it. But to me, it seems pretty much like uh, we know what happened here. Yeah, yeah. His letter. I'm just like, oh, that's yeah, it. I killed four people for you. Yeah. You know, it could have <laughs> yeah. it, it literally been as simple as like, you know, like they. But yeah, it, it couldn't be. It had to be premeditated. I was going to say they're walking totally back past the bar, They had electric, they had like the, 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 wire to tie him right. up with medical tape to tie him they up. They had with. a gun. They had a gun, and they had he a brought hammer. a hammer. They so were prepared for yeah. like something. They were going to do something. So I'm guessing when they went back to the bar, when they said they went, yeah, back when they to went the bar, back to the they bar, they go weren't going to the bar. bar. I mean, so, who would? Did anybody at the check that out with the bar, the bar people? You know what? I don't know if that was. I mean, a, what the hell? But That's even so, like, easy. there's that there's that one fifteen to one thirty gap. You're only talking about a few cabins over. You know that you can yeah. go over and get your shit and go back if her lights are still on. Hey, your lights are still on. It's cool. With it. Yeah. And maybe it says maybe it's as much as they went in there. I don't know. But I mean, you go in there with a gun and a hammer. I mean, you go in there. That's malicious intent. You're in there yeah. for some reason. That's yeah. You're either gonna. Why are you taking a gun it? to the bar Plus, there's anyway? Also kids a in rifle. The house. Like like. Yeah, it's it, it's all a bunch of. And I mean, that's like a lot of the reason why people think. Uh, one, there's no way that all three of those boys didn't hear something in that room. There's just no way that they all slept through it. And then the idea of you know Justin saying that. He saw what he did, but I mean, you go well. Then how come the boys weren't harmed? And and maybe it was because Justin was in Marty's the room stepson. with them. Yeah, yeah I and, think and that's, that's why. why they were spared. And it yeah. was just I don't know. It, it's a really weird story, but it also seems like if you add it up, it's clearly Marty it, Smart. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm with you. It's the it's the why and the and the that that is questionable, and that's only because they never got a confession out of these two because they just uh, well they oh, took the polygraph. Well, I didn't realize you were. Yeah. I mean, can I say that if I get, get I mean. Yeah, I'm a, oh, I was a former cop, so just take yeah. it easy. Out. I was a cop. It's okay. I used to be a cop. I mean, this isn't this isn't even like the like 1962, uh, 1981. Yeah, like you shouldn't. Something. Ha- I don't know. They should know better. They didn't though. Yeah, they Aww. didn't. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we can all pretty much we solved this case. Yes, we I, did. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I would work, I would say like that's <laughs> it. It seems like we. We kind of have a pretty good idea of what happened. Marty and Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's who did it. Bobo Betty. <laughs> they say you can still hear him swinging a hammer in the woods at night. Oh, my God. Oh my God. That's terrifying. That is, um, that's awful. Let me ask you this, though. Uh, would you guys, having seen all the movies you've seen and having having heard all the stories you had, would you still go stay in a remote cabin in the woods? Yes, I do it all the time. Uh, 
I don't even I don't even think about by it. Yourself? It's so weird. I probably do it by myself. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Easily. How far away when you go to this cabin here is how far away from civilization? Like as far as possible. <laughs> no, but I mean like like <laughs> I'm not a fan of civilization. <laughs> well, you will be when I mean, even if I'm scared, it's like I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's kind of a Utah thing, but don't you feel like we just always go to cabins? Maybe it's just me, but I just grew up that way. I was always outdoors, always in the woods. Like it never, yeah. It I never mean, I went camping seemed a lot. like that scary. Yeah. I mean, now if I'm there and I think about a horror movie or something, I'll be like, ah, I could get killed up here. But I don't know. I just I always I love, like being in the woods. So yeah. It, that wins over my yeah. <laughs> paranoia. I was always more scared of like silly things like Sasquatch or. I guess that's not silly. Oh, Sasquatch! I still worry about aliens when I I'm like up I, high on a mountain. Those are the things I would think about: was aliens and Sasquatch far more than I ever thought about like a killer or a, things a like person, that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mountain lions and bears and shit. Yeah, mountain lions. Oh, totally, because you can hear mountain lions. They are scary. I've never heard one. They sound like they sound like people screaming, like really? women screaming. Yeah, it's like wow. Like it's oh terrifying. To hear. The house of the Sasquatchman yes. could fill the night. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of scary things. They're but, probably scary, but still, you know, I think it's still fun to be scared. I th- as long as it's not, I'm I'm scared and now I'm gonna die. Like just being scared. Yeah, just like, being scared. Fun. Uh, that's so, fun. That's why we like Halloween. That's yeah, why we like scary movies. Yeah, and it's the the one time of year when it's okay to dress up and cover yourself in blood and yeah. look scary and. <laughs> You know, walk around like a crazy person. Uh, it's awesome. So, happy Halloween to all of you. We want to see your costumes. We'll post pictures of what Yay! we dressed up as on Twitter, but we want you guys to tweet us your costumes from all over. Uh, we want to see, uh, you know, costumes from all around the world. So, send us your your your, your pictures of your costumes. Also, um, you know, more, more of you have done this. I appreciate it, but we're going to remind you again. Uh, Please go on iTunes. You can actually do this or, or Stitcher, Google, whatever. But on iTunes especially, um, you can actually do this right from your the actual podcast app now. Uh, just rate the show. Go ahead and give it five stars. And, and leave a review too because um, the more reviews, the more ratings we get, the, uh, the more exposure the show gets. And they'll push us more and we can move up in the rankings. So help us out. Go write a review. Give us five stars. I mean, I, I'd say, again, I... At least five stars. Could, if there are six, do it. <laughs> yeah. If they, it goes to 11, do it. Go to they 11. They still go to 11. That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, do that for us. Uh, and thanks for listening. Thanks for telling your friends. Follow us on social media at uh, area underscore 52 underscore podcast on Twitter or just area 52 podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find Melissa on, uh, you have a website? Uh, com. but you can find me on everything as Melissa Merlot, too. Like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Yay. and uh, you're on on the on the Insta and the Twitter. Yes, dose of Danimal. Those have underscores in between them on Twitter and tall glass of whoopass on Instagram. Marty They're Daniels, the best names. I love Thank that name. You. Um, Marty Daniels on Facebook and all that jazz on my. You can find me on YouTube if you want wrestling matches. Uh, YouTube.com yeah. slash Marty Daniels. I have my wrestling matches up there as well. Uh, tweets, uh, if you tweet it, we'll, uh, we'll retweet it from Mary 52. Right then you also Thank find you. me at Comedian Marcus. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much, everybody. Find us online and, and tell us about your holiday. Also, give us ideas of what you want to hear us talk about. You got something spooky, Ooh, yeah. uh, a tale. Yes. You have your own story that you want to share. You can send it to us at Real Area 52 Podcast at Gmail. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for spending uh, Halloween with us. And you know what? You guys, uh, we're going to just go ahead and leave you. 
with a little bit of the Halloween spirit. So, hey, have fun trick-or-treating, and we'll see you next time. It's supposed to be midnight. Something evil's lurking in the dark. Stop your heart. You try to scream.